1: Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by John, as always. John, how are you doing?
0: Uh, just just doing good, Brian. How about you?
1: Pretty good. The Panthers didn't lose this week,
0: so that's good. They sure they sure didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they lost something.
1: They lost... Dearly departed Baker Mayfield. Requested <laughs> his release and was granted it by the Steve Wilkes uh, coaching tree. So... That unfortunate... I wonder
0: what the motive was to ask for a release. Like, I guess he figured he would land on his feet somewhere. But like, I don't know if you know you've been bad all season, and like you're not playing. Like, what? what not everybody that's a backup can't just like ask to be released.
1: No, I I thought that was a really classy move on the Panthers' part. Just because if Baker wants to salvage anything before he. uh he was already going to become a free agent, and it was pretty obvious they are going to stick with Sam Darnold or P.J. Walker over him. So, yeah. you know, there's always the the chance that one of them suffers another high ankle sprain, because that's a thing that happens to <laughs> Panthers quarterbacks. But um, overall, being the third quarterback as a guy who has won a playoff game, I could see why he would want to see if he can right the ship in his future, which landed with the Los Angeles Rams.
0: Not only did he land with the Rams, the word is he might start in tomorrow. On so Las
1: Vegas or Los Angeles? I think it's Angeles. Yeah, it's the Vegas Ravens. Oh, yeah, Los yeah. Angeles.
0: Oh, who yeah. oh, do they play? Yeah. No,
1: I was just at, I, I wanted to make sure I had the right city because I there's a bunch oh, yeah. of Los
0: Angeles, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but um, they do play against Las Vegas. Wow. On Thursday.
1: And May- it's on May- Thursday, May- holy shit,
0: okay, <laughs> yes, it's like that's what I'm saying. It is forty eight hours after he was claimed on waivers. is well, one day,
1: yeah, that's crazy. So they ready. really I'll... shouldn't play him, but I guess maybe they will. I don't know
0: how like i I get that the the, the riceberg is <clears throat> John Walford combo is not working out, but are you, like, you're really going to throw in Baker Mayfield, who's been bad all season with, no, like, literally no practice.
1: And it's not like he's Cam Newton, where you can just put him in on the goal, on those goal line or short yardage situations right. and be like, just run the ball, you know.
0: He is not I mean, a situational quarterback. He has no situational <clears throat> utility. No. Now, now it's not like they're saying he will play, but the, the <laughs> fact that he's even an option is insane to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, he already kind of, talked about how he he was trying to pick up the playbook in Carolina, and that was several weeks before anything would, anything of substance was going to happen in Carolina. So,
0: right. It, yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, we traded for Baker Mayfield right before training camp. Hope he has time to learn the playbook by the start of the season. <laughs> and the yeah. Rams are like, hey, we picked up Baker Mayfield. Hopefully he has time to learn the playbook by tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm. The team really is desperate. Couldn't be yes. me. Um <laughs> the last piece of the Matt Rule quarterback efforts is uh gone at this point. I don't know. Did we bring this up on the podcast last week where we talked about how Matt Rule just kind of like has just been talking a whole bunch of shit since he went to Nebraska?
0: We mentioned like the early stages of it.
1: Yeah. I find it funny that he's like, well, if I knew that my team that I that I you know, could, that I didn't actually have four or five years, I would have done things differently. Really? Would you? Because I mean, I'm, Sam Darnold and Baker were both like, uh, at least reportedly, so allegedly, his choices at quarterback, and he even passed on trying to get Justin Fields or trading up for a quarterback, but he still traded away assets for those guys.
0: Hmm. Also, it's like. I thought I was gonna get four or five years like you you pay attention to professional sports, right, right, Matt like you can't you don't just get four or five free years if things aren't going well,
1: and even then, like, yeah, he probably would have gotten more years if the team didn't look like such shit to begin this year, <laughs> like they've right. looked they've looked so much better without him at the helm, and they're doing things that make logical sense, like they didn't play uh. Deontay Foreman a whole lot, even though he was literally brought in to be the spell guy to Christian McCaffrey, and instead, it's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna make Christian McCaffrey touch the ball thirty times a game. It's like, come on, man. Like that—that that has to be Matt Rule. Like, there's no reason that they changed. They all of a sudden just miraculously figured it out without it being right. that Matt Rule had something to do with it. Um. So I don't know. I mean. I still don't, I can still defend the Baker Mayfield trade because it was a fifth round pick for a quarterback who could be a franchise quarterback when you didn't really have one anyway, so, but hindsight is twenty twenty, and Sam Darnold probably has the keys to the rest of the season, I would guess, maybe not, I don't know, depends on how highly they think of P.J. Walker, but. I'm perfectly fine with letting Sam Darnold play out the rest of the year because worst case scenario, he sucks and we get a better draft pick. Best case scenario, he proves he's okay and maybe they bring him on to compete with whatever quarterback they draft next year.
0: Right. And, and and I mean, it's not like, it's not like we have a choice to, or whether, on whether or not to be okay with Sam Darnold writing it out but because uh, that's what we're going to get. It's either him or P.J. Walker, which, by the way, uh, I don't know – if you noticed this or if you caught this on Twitter, but I don't, and I don't know, I guess this was probably with the expectation it was going to get released, but like right before the Panthers released Baker Mayfield, they do the depth chart. They like updated the depth chart and put Sam Dollar one, PJ Walker two, Baker Mayfield three.
1: That doesn't so surprise was, me.
0: Yeah. So PJ Walker's back, I guess is the moral of that story. Yeah. He's back, which is good. I'm glad he's healthy. Yeah. Also the, the other thing that I thought was funny that I just kind of stumbled across is with the Baker Mayfield news. And I know this is like somewhat biased towards me, but um, Baker Mayfield getting claimed by the Rams has Cam Newton trending.
1: (laughs) Why? Why is Cam Newton trending? That's interesting.
0: Uh, The top tweets is just like, uh, Cam Newton watching Baker Mayfield bounce around. Got to be infuriating. Yo, worst quarterback in the league. Keep getting jobs uh just a lot of people like how is baker getting this job like immediately after getting a release and no one wants cam that's all it is i see
1: i mean if i was cam i'd probably be okay with hanging it with not going forward in this season because he already bitched twice and i love cam so i i apologize that this offends any panthers fans but he he kind of complained about the fact that he uh Came on really late last year and didn't really have a chance to learn the playbook. So I mean,
0: right? I mean, it's not it's it's kind of setting him up or setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Like, let's hey, like I get, let me show everybody I've still got it by like by joining a dysfunctional franchise with no time to prepare. Like that's that you're just, right. you're not going to do well. No.
1: Which apparently might be Baker Mayfield's next path. So who knows? Maybe he'll be the next one to learn that lesson. Yeah. But we'll see. I wouldn't be mad if the Panthers brought Cam back next year as well, since the only quarterback <laughs> under contract
0: is Matt Corral. But you know, bring Cam back every year just till he's yeah. forty.
1: <laughs> That's fine. I'm sure he can still run it over the over, you know, fourth and one. I'm sure he can make that happen till he's like thirty seven. Right. It's fine. Right. Uh, um. I don't really think there was any other news Panthers related um
0: to discuss not, aside from that. Not that's like ooh, podcast worthy. we signed no. like DJ Carey to take Baker Mayfield's place. Like cool?
1: Uh he was around last uh, last time they played.
0: Which well like was, he's like
1: signed to the active roster. Oh, okay. Well still don't really get that one because Tay Hayes had a really good preseason. I would think that you'd just kinda like lean in on the, the younger talent but
0: that's just me. I'm just. I mean, it, 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 nothing matters at this point.
1: I'm just some asshole on a podcast. So what do I know? But
0: yeah, <laughs> um, let's I, let's not. I'd rather not delve into the like. Let's argue about the fifth string cornerback type of conversations that like that's fair. Dominate, they like to dominate the this, these corners of the internet. Well, yeah, it's we got to talk about picture. something, John. A little, a, um, a little more macro level on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, so the Panthers will face the Seattle Seahawks this week. Uh, they are still trying to get back in the driver's seat of the NFC South, which the Buccaneers are now ahead of them by two games, I want to say.
0: Um, yeah, after Tom Brady did the whole Tom Brady thing. on uh, That Monday. was
1: hilarious to, to touch on briefly, just the fact that the Saints blew that in the last four minutes of the, of the game. I
0: yeah, will was- always
1: enjoy the Saints' pain. So, it's
0: a complete collapse. Yeah, I I was uh playing video games with my friends and my brother and my brother was like I think he just said matter-of-factly like, "Oh, the Saints are going to beat the Bucks." Cuz the Saints were up 16 to 3 with the ball with like uh less than 5 minutes left or thereabouts. And then Yeah, that sounds about right. And then they just went as as catastrophically poor from there as you could. Um, oh yeah, the Saints got the ball back with less than seven minutes left and up by thirteen points. And they went three and out punt, gave up a touchdown. Three and out punt, gave up a touchdown. And, oh, it's uh, glorious. <laughs> they lost. Yep. So Tom, terrific, does it again. Tommy, and
1: terrific,
0: running away with the NFC South at a staggering six and six. <laughs> Uh, creating some space, two yeah, and a, or a game and a half up on the Falcons. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty amazing. Gonna <laughs> laugh when Sam Darnold goes in there and destroys the Buccaneers because that's just what's gonna happen this year. Um, it's just yeah. But we get the marquee matchup of Sam Darnold versus um, Geno Smith this week. <laughs> Never. Oh, it's also a four thirty game. Fuck. I wish it was a one o'clock game. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Just just play ten a.m. local time.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Wake up, get the game out of the way, and be done with it. Um.
0: Wow, it's a nice little Gino, matchup of uh, like jet flame out quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. Well, Gino say, has they.
0: They definitely they didn't. Okay, they didn't overlap.
1: Yeah, Gino has. 3,100 yards passing on the season, 22 touchdowns and six ints. That's the the league, the uh, quarterback leader on the ESPN page, and the Panthers page has nothing.
0: <laughs> yes, the the blank, the blank, no passing leader. Yeah, because our leading quarterback on the on the roster is done like 100 and something passes. Um, Gino Smith is. <sighs> I can't think of an I think the only like somewhat comparable season of just like randomly being really good out of nowhere is Ryan Tannehill a few years ago. But Ryan Tannehill was also always kinda good. Yeah. And then he just had a, a random season or two where he was really good. Geno Smith went from being like a bridge the gap between getting rid of our franchise quarterback to drafting one in the top five to like top five quarterback in the NFL this season. Yeah,
1: it's almost it's very crazy which is a testament to uh Seattle's coaching staff to really right. put together a competent team which is funny because the Panthers just beat the shit out of the Broncos um right like a week ago with Russell Wilson
0: right and then, and then it's it's funny that the not only did like we I mean we already talked about this but not only we talked about this last week um, Go listen to the entire episode and find where we talked about it. Uh, That they traded away their superstar quarterback to, to put in Geno Smith, who is fifth in ESPN's QBR, he's second in passer rating, and uh, sixth in passing yards. And he's doing all this? He's 32. Like, what happened?
1: It's and almost crazy. like... We- it's almost like having good coaches is a big deal.
0: Well, what's even crazier, though, is like he filled in last year for a spell when Russell Wilson went out, and he was fine. I guess he was pretty good.
1: He was pretty I mean, good the first couple games, then the wheels kind of fell off.
0: <laughs> well, his last game was really good, but it was against yeah. the Jaguars. I don't know if that counts. but I wouldn't count that one. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall. Maybe he was trying to tell us something. Yeah. That he's and better then, than Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's better than Russell Wilson. And then and then uh, that was what the Seahawks... Maybe the Seahawks knew it, and that's what they were doing. And they just... If the Seahawks actually knew this was going to happen, this it, it has to be, like, objectively the best trade ever made. Oh, yeah. They... Like if, I mean, it's already, like, one of the most lopsided trades in, like, recent memory. But... If the Seahawks – but, like, I, I interpret it to be quite a bit of luck. But if the Seahawks actually sat down, their front office did, and was like, all right, guys, uh, Russ doesn't have it anymore, but I'm really liking what we're seeing at Geno. I think he could be the guy. And then they went and they told the Bron- – they demanded, like, all of the Broncos first-round picks, knowing that Russell Wilson's just garbage now. They they, they should win, like, a lifetime achievement award of some sort. Yeah. Of some sort. I don't know it, from where. NFL-related, just, like, life-related, I don't know. Give them a medal of freedom.
1: I think next season is the season where you determine whether or not that trade was as lopsided as it looks now, because it's pretty clear that they're, that the Broncos head coach is probably going to get fired. And the next person to come in is going to have the, the biggest thing is going to be to make Russell Wilson effective again. And if he does, it doesn't look as bad if Russell Wilson continues to be as bad as he has been, which just watching, having watched him play objectively, I was like, he sucks. Like watching that game play so bad yeah so I don't know we'll see but Seattle's looking to be a loss probably just just based on what I've seen over the course of the season I mean they're just a very well coached team they seem well prepared it's funny because I look at their roster um and aside from you know obviously Tyler Lockett and uh DK Metcalf are really good um Kenneth Walker has been pretty good for them as a running back, but defensively, I look at their defense. I'm like, I don't really know any of these guys starting aside from Quandre Diggs.
0: Yeah, uh, Tariq Woolen has been yeah. really, really good. Uh, yeah, the cornerback. Yeah. Uh, other than that, though, yeah, it's basic, but he's also not like a name. No, either. he's not. I think even... it's just this. It's just oh, the good. Seahawks like branding. It, it, yeah. It's like no matter what happens, the Ravens have a good-ish, well, good-ish defense. The Steelers always have a defense. It, it just the Seahawks will always have a good defense, no matter what players you put on the Seahawks. The defense always performs.
1: Yep. Well, now they are. Over the last, I think last year their defense was really bad, but
0: I know um, that. Yeah, I mean, I know there's been short, like, like some, some, some. Drop-offs, but that's just kind of like the impression I always have. And then yeah. it just—it just, I guess, it's probably the coaching staff and the Pete Carroll's like approach to things. But um, yeah, I'm trying to find if Kenneth Walker is what his status is because we're doing we're recording this on Tuesday, so no official injury reports have come out. And Walker left early from the game on Sunday, so I don't know what his status is for this coming Sunday.
1: Oh, let me see if I can find anything.
0: <laughs> See if your Google works better than mine? Maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, now I'm going on Twitter. Because <laughs> yeah. Twitter is where I go for these things.
0: Um, right. It's also where you find that Cam Newton is trending after Baker Mayfield. He's still signed.
1: battling his ankle injury. They signed Wayne Gallman to the practice squad. So I would say that's not hey, a good Gallman. indicator that he's going to play.
0: Um, I love... I love running back names that get signed to practice squads at this time of year. It's always guys that had like a moment, one moment in the sun when a star running back got hurt and like they were a backup. And then you hear about them like four years later getting signed to a practice squad. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that guy. Yeah. Like Devontae Freeman just like hung around for forever, barely playing, but always just signing with teams to be their Six string running back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gallman was, uh, was definitely the, uh, the handcuff for Saquon Barkley a couple years ago. So,
0: yeah. Not someone that strikes fear into uh, me as a Panthers fan, but Kenneth Walker probably does. He just explodes for giant runs. I saw something somewhere a couple weeks ago, and I don't know how accurate it is now, that his success rate was pretty low, which might be a good sign. Like, he gets... He has a lot of runs that get stopped for little to no gain or behind the line of scrimmage. He, but he makes up for it by popping off big runs as well. But he's not consistently churning out yards. So I think the Panthers, you know, if they can keep if they can keep him bottled up from if he does play, that the Panthers just bottle up the big runs, which is obviously easier said than done. I think they'll be okay because it would go against his mo. Like I said, less information that I read a couple weeks ago is no longer accurate, but it will be against his <laughs> M.O. to, like, grind out. You know, like what we see with Deontay Foreman, right? The Deontay Foreman does not break big runs, but Deontay Foreman also always gets enough yards. Right. So Deontay Foreman could finish a game averaging five yards per carry and never gain more than, like, ten yards on the play. Because he just gets, like, three, six, four, eight, five, like, every carry.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Looking at their offensive line, too, uh, Charles Cross versus Brian Burns should be an interesting one because Cross is apparently a a pretty good pass protector. Um, My hope would be, as you said, bottle up the run, let the defensive line kind of get after Geno Smith. As far as I know, he's not the most mobile guy. I mean, I know he can run, but he's not like a Russell Wilson or a Pat Mahomes-type player. my biggest worry is going to be DK Metcalf, because I have, I mean, unless JC Horn plays against him the entire game, which I, it the Steve Wilkes defense, which is basically just Ron Rivera defense, doesn't seem like they do that a whole lot. They kind of just let their cornerbacks have their side of the field. And even then, Locke is going to beat the shit out of uh, CJ Henderson. I, I just don't see that going well at all. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, the, the the Seahawks wide receiver depth, I would say, is stronger than the Panthers cornerback depth. Yeah. And it's like, matched up with a good quarterback.
1: Yeah, a quarterback who's throwing the ball very well
0: right now. So
1: I guess we'll see. Um,
0: I want to circle back because I found something from more recently. Okay. Uh, from November 28th, it's like a scatterplot of Percentage of carries that exceed expected yards, like sick analytics that no one knows what they mean, and yep. then rushing yards over expected per carry. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty linear graph in terms of like the amount, like how often you get more yards than expected would pretty, uh, like the the better you are at getting yards, more yards than expected, you'd think the more yards for expected you get, you know what right. I mean? I know right, right. Yeah. Anyway. It's a pretty linear relationship, except for one dude that stands out, and it's Kenneth Walker, who has the lowest percentage of carries that exceed expected yards, but an above-average rate of rushing yards over expected per carry. So it's like, Kenneth Walker does nothing until he does, and then he does everything. Yeah. So anyway, apparently it's still accurate. (laughs) Uh, so we can now move on to other things. Now that I've got my, I've gotten over that. Also, the other, other, I guess one other thing on that is just kind of interesting. Um, all of the name, like name brand running backs, are like bad at this by this metric. Like Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, they're all kind of Ezekiel Elliott are all kind of pretty far down mm-hmm. the list. So. Interesting to note. Anyway, yeah, uh, wide receivers. Wide, CLS wide receivers, scary. Panthers cornerbacks, only half as scary. Yeah.
1: Maybe Miles Hartsfield will get the draw against Tyler Lockett. Who knows? Probably not.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because they're both... Yeah, maybe. Do we want that, though? True. It's because... Um, uh, just because of the out- they play outside, both of them are outside receivers despite Lockett's size.
1: Oh, Lockett gets in the slot every now and again.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you know who the number three wide receiver is for the Seahawks? Pop quiz.
1: Uh, Marquise Goodwin.
0: Good job. Yeah. Good job. They're big tight end, tight end guys though.
1: Yeah, Will Disley and uh,
0: Noah Fant. Yep. Those and are their guys. Yep, even Colby Parkinson gets in there every now and then. He's not too yep. far behind Marquise Goodwin in terms of total receiving yards. But it is funny because it's, it's Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and then a huge drop, like half as many yards down to Noah Fan. And also, you may or, people may or may not be surprised to know that Tyler Lockett actually leads the team in receiving yards over DK Metcalf and in touchdowns.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Um, He's always been kind of the like, work-in-between-the-numbers type guy where Metcalf is more of the... Uh, a deep threat. Um,
0: on that note, interesting, Tyler Lockett also averages more yards per catch than DK Metcalf.
1: <laughs> Lockett's always been really good. Yeah,
0: Underrated. I think, like, since DK Metcalf has come into the league, um, Tyler Lockett has been, like, on the whole, the better receiver, I think. Yeah. Like, DK Metcalf's obviously more physically imposing, but Tyler Tyler Lockett's been more consistent. Like, D.K. Metcalf also only has one 1,000-yard season in his career out of three full seasons. Tyler Lockett had three in a row in the first three years that D.K. Metcalf was in the league. Yep. So um, just a little interesting little tidbit there because D.K. Metcalf gets all the press because of his personality and physical stature and stuff, but Tyler Lockett might be the more yeah, his like four percent body fat
1: being like six three and two hundred and twenty two hundred and thirty pounds or something like right. that. Right. He's like a f-
0: physical monster. Yeah. But, but the production doesn't quite match Lockett, who is uh fast but also five ten, one hundred and eighty pounds. Like little... you would probably he does not look like a football player if you just like saw him in public, most likely. No.
1: He's your stereotypical slot receiver. The guy who yep. doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily look like a football player but he is he's very good at it um random thing just uh something so ben baldwin is a guy i follow on twitter for his analytics style um and he put out his pass protection rankings uh well i I shouldn't say it's his it's just that he combined pff and espn's pass protection ratings sounds like he uh, made
0: a new stat that's his
1: yeah that sounds right um (laughs) So he actually has, based on PFF and ESPN's rankings, he has the Panthers at fifth in pass protection
0: rating. Yep, which is pretty good, right. Yeah, it's 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 wild. We kind of talked, we touched on this last week a little bit. It is wild and almost unprecedented. I think how bad and incompetent the Panthers' offense and how bad their passing game is, given how good their offensive line is. Mm-hmm. Like you never see that.
1: No, typically quarterbacks excel when there's a good pocket for them. But as we right. saw with Baker.
0: And In Baldwin's also where I got my chart from, by the way. <laughs> with the nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, he also has Seattle at 12. So do with that, that what you will. But this could be an interesting game. For sounds that like
0: reason. the advantage goes to the Panthers there. It does,
1: but at the same time, the offense has to actually score points for the passing protection to matter. So, because if Seattle goes up, like, you know, 14, 21 points on the Panthers, then they don't have to pass protect as much.
0: Right, and I, I, I don't, I don't. See the Panthers keeping up with the Seahawks. Um, as weird as that is to say, I know like we're kind of—it's not weird. Normal now. I mean, it's normal now, but like going into the season, I don't think we're talking about like can the Panthers keep up with the high-scoring Seattle offense. But I don't think the Panthers can. Um, I'm just like kind of looking at the Seahawks' recent results. I mean, and they're pretty consistently scoring. In the ballpark of 30 points, if not over 30 points per game. I will say
1: it looks like uh, Geno Smith has come down to earth a little bit, and and the offense in general has come down to earth a little bit since the beginning of the season. So that will work in the Panthers' favor. Um, This is one of those games where Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Frankie louvu they got to take over in uh, in the front seven aspect, I think, for the Panthers to have any chance.
0: Right. I mean, cause like we talked about the, the matchups on the outside are not in the pandas favor. So you kind of have no. to, you have to, to nip the passing game in the bud and get, have success by limiting Gino, not by, not the coverage aspect. Mm-hmm. Things. And I guess same, same with the run game. I mean, it's not that this is unique to this week, but maybe I guess you could say it's extra important, but like I was saying with Kenneth Walker, uh, Getting stopping him before he gets going, and then getting pressure on Gina Smith are kind of the makes it the theme of the game. You know, blow things up quickly. Yep. It's, it's that's otherwise things tend to get progressively worse.
1: Yep, and on offense, the obvious uh, key is just you know score points, do things, run the ball right.
0: And and the Seahawks defense isn't as good as their offense, but. So there's there there are points to be had, and I think we might still be if if last season's any indication. And in that like Sam Darnold, no pressure. So I'm not gonna play badly phase because it's only week two of his starting tenure, the second time around. And Baker's gone, so mm-hmm. maybe I think he'll play competently. I think by I think by like week sixteen he might fall off a cliff. But then again, I'm wondering if he's like kind of wired like uh, Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. where he thrives and he's got the talent that he can thrive when there's no pressure. But then when the pressure comes back, he curls up, he, he turtles up.
1: Yeah. Well, I, even I, last I, week he, he played fine, but he also, you could still see him hesitating and also yeah. him like dialing in on wide receivers. It just didn't really come to right. bite him back because the Broncos were just so bad. So, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, I mean, we saw that on a macro level last year with like Sam Darnold comes in and he's got nothing to lose and everything to prove, and he was really good until the Panthers started playing with expectations and then he fell off a cliff. And then I even remember on a micro level the Vikings game last year where he was awful all game. And then as soon as the game was out of reach and it was like, well, the Panthers have nothing to lose, like, start just chucking it around, trying to make a comeback, he was throwing dimes. That's so like, oh, so. So you can do this when you don't expect like when you don't have any expectations, you're good. It's just that he gets too tense, it seems like, when the pressure's on. But
1: Yeah, I mean that throw to Ian Thomas in that Vikings game is still one of the prettiest throws I've seen by a Panthers quarterback in quite a while. Right. Aside from the PJ Walker Hail Mary touchdown, obviously that was probably the best pass in Panthers history. Um <laughs> So I guess we'll see. Um I don't have uh, any high expectations for this game. I just hope it'll be competitive, which is my hope for most weeks. Um the Seahawks have plenty to play for in this game because they can still win that division. So, yeah.
0: It'd be <laughs> yes. interesting. Um so,
1: yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um you want to get into uh scoring predictions?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's uh hear the standings.
1: Okay, so here's the standings. Right now, we have myself at five and six, the random number generator at five and six, (laughs) and John at six and five. So you currently lead the standings by one game. So it's a real tight race right now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to beat you. I'm just going to mimic your picks the rest of the season.
1: Well, fuck you. Um (laughs) So I guess I'll give give mine first. I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, I really want to pick the Panthers, even though I know I shouldn't. It is in Seattle, so I'll give
0: it to Seattle. Um, that's that's the time that it, that's what gives the Seahawks the edge. I was, it's a coin flip on a neutral site. Still a ta-
1: still a hard place to play, but yeah, uh, I'll give it to the Seahawks. Twenty-one to seventeen, Seahawks.
0: I'm gonna go. Seahawks 27 Panthers 20 Seahawks four points same result pretty much um what do
1: you think or what does the random number generator have Which, to say I to think was?
0: the ran- what do I think the random number generator says No what what, 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 number d- number
1: what does the random number generator say sorry
0: Random number generator says Panthers 11 <laughs> Oh god Se- <laughs> Seahawks 31
1: Oh my god. Okay. 31 to 11. That would be an interesting. I mean, score,
0: was it the Bengals game that this, the random number generator almost got? Or was that the one they were extremely wrong on?
1: Uh, the they had there. the Bengals winning 14 to 13. Didn't the Bengals oh, blow us the quite. fuck out? Yeah. yeah, it was
0: 42 to 14. Or 21, yeah. 42 to 21.
1: Um, yeah. I don't remember which one it was. Let me look at the, the
0: standings. Um,. What's interesting from a gambling perspective, just because I happen to have it up, the Seahawks are only three and a half point favorites.
1: That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it is what it is, I guess.
0: (laughs) And it doesn't even look like the uh, money, at least like on this ESPN thing, the money is not like heavily on the Seahawks. It's like slightly on the Seahawks.
1: Very interesting. They must have a lot more faith in Steve Wilkes than I do
0: but yeah, the over under is um 43 so the math would say that they the, the 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 vegas is predicting a 23-20 Seahawks win which i guess is in line with with your with your uh, prediction but it it seems maybe a little bit optimistic for the Panthers
1: yeah i mean it's Let's let's not forget Sam Darnold only scored a rushing touchdown last week because he recovered his own fumble. Or right. Last time they played, I should say.
0: Um, yeah, DraftKings has the Seahawks as four and a half only favorites, which is not much better. No, but still, still surprisingly yeah. close given it's a home game for Seattle. Yeah, I would have thought that would make it like six or seven or something.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this is the kind of game where the Seahawks could really run away with it, yeah. just because they're at home. So. But I guess we'll see. Um, anything else you'd like to touch on before we close out the show? Uh, No, I'm all right. Cool. Well, we'll be watching the Panthers play uh, 425 on Sunday. Hopefully it's a competitive game, like I said before. Wouldn't be upset if they won, even though I know that will fuck up their draft pick area. But, hey, the NFC South is still within reach, so... From all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, we will have our breakdown for you next week. This is Brian joined by John as always. Stay tuned, stay safe,
0: stay healthy. We will talk to you soon. See you.